All right, this is the Unresearched Podcast with Steven Soul, 20 Minute Power. What do you think of our new uh, logo art? I like it, dude. Welcome back. Welcome back. How's that? Sound good? Yeah, it's fine. I, dude, I dig it a lot. Uh, I showed uh, uh, I showed my sister, and she was like, oh, yeah, your character looks like so-and-so. I was like, who's that? And uh, she sent me a picture of one of the gorillas' characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I did kind like, of notice that. I was like, oh, shit. And it's weird because uh, one time one of my uh, uh, roommate or whatever was like, oh, you, you look kind of like the dude from the gorillas. I was like, who? I was like, what? It's like, I guess I look like that. Wow. <laughs> well, that's why Sean Khan drew you that okay. way. So shout out to Sean Khan for like the, the Green Monster. Thanks, yeah. Sean. I told him to make me a blob. Shanakan. Yeah, but he didn't really make me as blobby as I wanted. You wanted it more blobbish. I want to be more blobbish. It was it's pretty tight though. Uh, yesterday, <clears throat> my friend Jared was at the at the Bancroft, and he was like, "Any chance you'd be at the Bancroft?" And I was like, "Nah, dude, I don't go to bars and bars anymore." And then he texted me a picture of our sticker. <laughs> I don't know if it was you that put it on there. It was on the twenty one and older. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just sending me ah famous. We are famous. Famous again. We're getting up there, man. Are you going to make stickers of the new? Um, I'm going to ask Sean to, so probably to get past those ones out. I wanted a new one because it just says, it's only just like, it says unresearched or whatever. The other one was like a little, it just says 20 minute power hour and it's like, but can you just add, throw in Saul in there? He's, he's part of the team too. He's like, well, I guess. What do you want it to say? I'm like, the unresearched power hour. Even souls like that's too fucking that's too long. What that's do you want it to say? <laughs> so what does it say? I don't remember. It just says uh, unresearched with Steven Saul. Which I guess it makes sense. Yeah. So let's uh, do shout outs to the homie. Uh, shout outs to the family. Yeah, do shout outs. Yeah, homies and family. All you fools. All you fools in jail. Shout out to Beto in jail. Beto. Oh, he can't listen to this. Yeah, I know. I, I was, well, I want to talk to him. I was like, we've been shouting him out the most, and he's, he's <laughs> locked up. Yeah, he's all beat. That's, we didn't, haven't heard. He's been like radio silence for like six months, and we just found out that he was in jail. We're not yeah. going to say why. Yeah, we won't say why or how. Or because. Or what. All right, so we don't really have too much of a crazy topic. Uh, just the story of Aleister Crowley. Oh, so we're doing this one. Yeah. Mr. Crowley. Is Dude. that what that song is about? Yeah. I don't like that song, but I, I know it. I just it's an Aussie song, not a Black Sabbath song. Sorry. Okay, that's why it's up. <laughs> yeah. All right, so he's, Aleister Crowley was known as the most wickedest man on earth. More wicketer than uh, Rasputin. Yeah. They're kind of like similar because they're both like, he was a magician. He actually thought he was doing actual magic. Which one? Alistair Crowley. Uh, where Rasputin was just kind of like a healer, holistic a kind dirty of Dirty bum. Yeah, he was just more <laughs> mystical and then he would be able to convince, like, he had like this weird aura that like made people do what he wanted them to do for him. Did he, did they ever battle? No, I think they, he was in England, Rasputin was in, um, Russia. They were alive during the same time, though. Uh, they should have battled, dude. They, they should have. Meet me on top of mountain, and we battled. With magic spells. With magic. That's kind of the, what's the story that I'm going to tell. There's this time when Aleister Crowley was trying to get into the secret order of the Golden Dawn. 
and he and like it's like maybe like just a club like a secret society of all these guys who would do like little spells rituals in the club so club for nerds yeah basically like they're playing live action D D. <laughs> because none of this shit really worked it's like i don't know if you really believe in like ritualistic magic but he was really good at kind of like astral playing stuff like kind of like being really focused on one thing and kind of manipulating his environment in his head to what it, whatever he desired. Oh. He had these kind of like rules and these weird kind of beliefs that like every every the only thing that matters is the self. Like every every man and every woman is a star. Do what thou wilt. Those were his two famous sayings. So like, but he wasn't like everyone thinks he was a Satanist, but he didn't believe in Satan or anything. Oh. But he was anti-Christianity. Okay. He was like, like, oh, these are all the laws of goodness and Christianity. I'm going to be the exact opposite, the opposite of that. The opposite of that, yeah. And he loved butt sex. All of his magic was sex magic. And he'd like, uh, he wasn't necessarily gay. He was probably more bisexual. But he was, whenever he was doing. Um, if there was a butt, he was into it. No, he, if he, there was a cock, he wanted it, it into him. Oh, he liked the butt, the pounding. So it was. Um, a lot of sex magic rituals. So it would, like you like look at him like in the he's on the cover of my beer. Yeah. He would dress up in these robes. Uh, he would have like a dagger and say all these crazy incantations. And he needed um, the sex to fulfill the ritual, or the ritual would fail. Oh. So he had this guy. He always had one or two guys as his like underlings. His little gimp. His little gimps that he just kind of kept around, and like whenever he needed to finish the ritual, they'd come in, fuck him in the ass. Right. And then he'd finish their troll, and then the service would be over. But they were also all high on drugs. So, well, like peyote and like acids type drugs, like hallucinogens. Okay, I'm getting weird visuals. So he's like in his robes, right? And then, yeah. like. You're in a dark room with all like, these people. Come, come put it in my butt. And then as he's getting it in the butt, is he like continuing with the spells? Yeah, yeah. God, it's part of the d- ritual. D- yeah. Uh, and. When God am Leviosa. It's like. Imagine Harry Potter, but nothing but butt sex. <laughs> it's butt sex, Harry. It's, <laughs> it's butt stuff. You're a butt fuck. Yeah, so, um, well, I'll just tell, do a little backstory, but the story that I want to say is when he was trying to take over the secret society, the, gold, the Golden Dawn, the golden and he had, like, dawn. a real-life magic battle on the streets of England. What? Like, oh. a real-life, like, they're, they're shouting, like, Spells like, at each other. Like, uh, what's it called? Like, LARPing? Yeah. But they actually really... This happened in the 1900s. So it was 1903 or something when this happened. They were literally... These guys were like literally just, like, yelling spells at each other. Lightning And, like, having, like, they're waving their wands around. Captain like, if you were Punch! Just, yeah. Captain <laughs> Punch! Like, if you were just a bystander and didn't know what the fuck was going on, like, what the fuck is happening right now? What the fuck? Yeah, so... Uh, born Edward Alexander Crowley, October 12, 1875, he is primarily known for his occult writings and teachings. He founded the religion of Thelema, which became uh, adapted into the Order Templi Orientis, as well as the magical order of Argentium Austrium, the Order of the Silver Star. He was also a controversial member, member of the Order of the Golden Dawn. Dawn. Yeah, Dawn. Crowley's lifestyle was absolutely shocking in an era in which he lived. Besides his interest in the occult, he was sexually promiscuous with both genders, frequented prostitutes, and vocally defiant against Christianity in Victorian and 
post-Victorian prudishness towards sexual uh, subjects. And he was also a big-time drug addict. Damn. What kind of drugs? The heroin, marijuana. When did this take place? The 1900s, like early 1900s. Like whatever, like... Sweet ganja. Whatever hallucinogics that were available at the time. Oh, shit. Peyote type stuff. So we were just... Alinesca. All that type of stuff. In 1904, he performed a ritual uh, drug-induced trance that lasted days, which, in which Crowley encountered a being known as Ayawas, described as the minister to Horus, the central deity in Thelema, and as a holy guardian angel. Ayawas dictated the Book of the Law, which Crowley wrote down while in this trance, and it was published, becoming the central Thelemic text. Uh, this is the opening passage of what will be found of esoteric and cultist beliefs to this day. I want to read some of this book. Do you want to bring some bad juju in here? Oh, you got uh, Just parts a of it? Yeah. You're gonna, dude, you're going to do like a Evil Dead style? My girlfriend's going to come out all possessed and shit. Had the manifestation of Newt. And then veiling of the company of heaven, every man and every woman is a star. Every number is infinite. There is no difference. Help me, O warrior, lord of thieves, in my unveiling before the children of men. Be thou had it my secret center, my heart and my tongue. Behold, it is revealed by Iowas, the minister of Horpaquat. Cobbs is in the coup, not the coup in the Cobbs. Worship then the Cobbs, and behold my light shed over you. Let my servants be few and secret. They shall rule the many and the known. These are fools that men adore. Both their gods and their men are fools. Come forth, O children, under the stars, and take your fill of love. I am above you and in you. My ecstasy is yours. My joy is to your joy. Butt stuff, commence. <laughs> yeah, now, commence, <laughs> commence the butts. Commence the butts, the budding. Uh, Crowley studied a number of different religions and magical belief systems, including Buddhism, yoga, Kabbalah, and Hermeticism, as well as Judeo-Christian magical systems, even though his outright disregard uh, Christian morality. The press dubbed Crowley the most wickedest man in the world due to his exploits and repeatedly published stories about him, both real and fictionalized. And Crowley adored the controversy, often describing his already scandalous behavior in even more offensive terminology. He once wrote uh, a long-ass poem about getting butt-fucked by Jesus. <laughs> Fuckable Jesus? Fuckable Jesus, yeah. You wanna get in my butt? Uh, he also referred to himself as the Great Beast 666, referencing the creature mentioned in Revelations, which Crowley found to be the most entertaining section of the Bible. And he's not lying. That is the most part. That's why the only part I That's the only part that's fucking bullshit. Like, dragon comes out of the water, three headed serpent, fucking. Antichrist. Seven-headed demon thing. Yeah. Fucking. The, Casting the devil out of heaven. The sky the turns red. Yeah. Blood stuff. <laughs> the water turns <laughs> to blood. It gets brutal as fuck. I think that's what, like, that's what drives a lot of evangelical Christianity these days. It's all they, they only care about is the book of Revelation. They don't care about anything else in the Bible. Yeah, everything else is boring. Man. Yeah. If I was, a, if I was like, a start a religion, I'd go straight for, like, the cool shit, not, like, yeah. Well, also be nice to everyone. It's like, nah, people. there's gonna be like fucking clouds of fucking black and everything. It's gonna, gonna be rain the, blood. Yeah, you'll be the, get the mark of the beast. Six, six, six. So he just was like, went really into that section of the Bible. 
Sounds really cool. <laughs> um, critics, what? I was gonna sing. Mr. Crowley. I don't even know how that song goes. Critics commonly describe Crowley as a Satanist, and that era continues through the common day. This confusion stems from a number of issues, including Christian equation of the beast of relation with Satan, the common perception that all cult workings must involve Satan, Crowley's embrace of the concept of Baphomet, commonly confused with Satan, the fact that Crowley did write about summoning and commanding demon gods and ethereal gardens of knowledge, uh, which you consider an exploration of the self rather than an actual working with these literal demons. Like he was like, not like the demons, he was like summoning the demons that were in, within himself when he was doing these rituals. Not like, didn't think like an actual demon was going to come and manifest itself for everyone to see. Like all this was like, also drug induced. Oh, okay. Because this fool was just like high on drugs all the time. You probably see like little demons, my minions. Yeah. The work of my demons. That's why you crashed. Growing up in this atmosphere gave him access to scripture. Oh, wait, no, I missed the play. So, oh, his upbringing was in the New Brethren of Plymouth, an intensely religious order that demanded deep study of the Bible. Growing up in this atmosphere gave him access to the scripture, as well as providing a strong example of a narrow religion that he seemed to feel was largely impotent. He knew what the opposite of the Bible would be, and he fully wanted to be the opposite of everything that Christianity preached. Uh, one man's devil is another man's deity. He viewed the image of Satan with horns, cloven hooves, and so on to the representation of Pan, a pagan concept of nature. So, he also, his family was also really rich. Like, he, like you can't be a magician without being rich. Because other otherwise everyone will just think you're schizophrenic. Yeah, crazy, crazy person bum. Yeah, so, so there's weird things. So, his family were really staunchly religious and no one drank. But they made money by opening a bunch of pubs in England uh, and selling booze and they had all the, they were basically like the, imagine Chili's right yeah they basically were the, like his family owned basically the Chili's of the 1900s or the uh, 18, late 1800s everybody go there to party yeah so you go there and get food like little snacks and drink as much beer or whatever hell yeah and so he they owned all these they were the franchise of all he, his family owned all that and they made millions and millions of dollars so his parents died and then he got all this inheritance when he was like really young, like 17, 18. And he basically just used that money to fuck around and be a, a fucking magician around the world. Nice. So he's just like, well, I'm going to fucking get my ass to China. And he'd go to China and just like what's, study under like monks or something for or like. What's his greatest trick? He didn't. The greatest <laughs> trick is convincing us that uh, he mattered at all because he, he was a total asshole. So what's with the, that's what, what's with the beer? Is that, does his family still have like a brewery? No, no. He once he died, once his parents died, and he fucked off with the everything, kind of just fell apart. Like he died penning it, penning those some broke. Oh. Like he wasted his money in like eighteen years. He inherited the equivalence of like what would be in the, today's money, like a hundred million dollars. He's just like a party animal. No, he was just a fucking crazy asshole that just wanted to. Do, do magic. Do magic. So there's no, like, oh, his greatest trick was never revealed. Or he did this. He took a thousand dicks in his butt. That was his most awesome trick. Well, he did start a religion, the Lima, which is like a, it's like a, like Scientology or fucking Mormonism or some you shit. You think there's still people that 
are part of that religion. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of them. people that are into the occult are really into it. That he's he's like the Church of Satan. This culty vibe. Uh, the Temple of Yet, uh, Sat, Temple of Sat. All these things are based on his beliefs and his Man, uh, it's like systems. You, you have to do this. You have to take it. In the butt. In the butt. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these think a lot of them don't really do the butt stuff as much. Uh, Crowley loved attention. He was a publicity hound as long as it benefited him. And identi- he identified with Lucifer, the bringer of light, who was fated to be hated by mankind. But he never considered himself to be evil, just misunderstood and a provocateur. Okay, so now you know a little bit about Aleister Crowley, right? Yeah. Also, the other weird thing, he was an avid mountain climber. He was one of the most, like, skilled mountain climbers of the day. Like, like are you talking, like, super vertical mountains? Like, like Mount Everest and, like, oh, Mount Kilimanjaro okay. and shit like I that. I was going to say, like, Cal's Mountain. I'll, I'll do that mountain all day, but... No, uh, like... like Alps, like, shit. yeah, with Alps, like a mountain with climber, fucking hooks and spikes. stuff. Fuck that. So one of the stories is that this guy, his name, this guy was a, his name was actually Guy. So he comes up to him, it's like, "Hey, I'm hey, leading guy. this, I leading, I'm leading this expedition up this crazy K2 summit, and I know you're a great mountain climber. Do you want to come with me?" And he, this, he was still dabbling with magic, so he's like, and he still had a shitload of money, so he was like, "Sure, as long as I get to control." Uh, the party. I get. I'm in, as long as I'm in, in command. I lead the, the expedition, and the guy's like, okay, fine, whatever. Crowley was also a major asshole, so he was a major asshole to all the people that were on the trip with them to climb this fucking big ass mountain. All his troops. So he was like, he would like beat the servants over the head with a stick when they Jesus. were weren't like obeying him fast enough. Not climbing right. Yeah, and then he would just get... One day he got sick and he just ended up just getting drunk on champagne because that would make him feel better. Nice. So he, then the next day, like, he was all hungover and being a fucking total asshole to everyone. So they decided, fuck you, we're leaving without you. And he put a... He, then he's like... put a, he Basically, in his head, he put a curse put on a them. curse, yeah. It's like, if you leave it's without my leadership, you will, none of you will come back. And they didn't come back. And they fucking, so they go, they say, fuck you, Crowley, we're going up this mountain anyway without you, so I'm going to stay here. I'm the, I'm just going to stay here in my tent with my hot springs and blah, my servants, blah, 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 because he's a pampered rich boy. Oh. You didn't like being so told no. He's just a piece of shit. Yeah. But also, if he was a good mi- mountain climber, he must have been super strong then. Yeah, yeah. that's like super strength. You got a lot of core strength. Yeah, there. you need a lot of muscle. You need a lot of core strength for as much butt sex as he has. That's true. Maybe that's what, maybe butt sex makes you buff. <laughs> I'm not steering you down the wrong path. Um, so anyway, his people, like six of the people in his expedition, I think it was maybe not ten people, they all go up the mountain. As they're climbing the mountain, which is an avalanche happens, oh. instantly killing three of the people and injuring the other three. And then like one guy comes back down to see Crowley in his tent, just smoking opium and he shit. He's like... Hey, there's an avalanche. We need you guys. We need you to come up and help us. And he said, No. Yeah, he straight up just said no. <laughs> I told you guys. Fuck you guys. Yeah. Like, you guys went up that mountain without me. You guys knew what was going to happen. I cursed you guys. You don't believe my curses? Fuck you. So then they all get back. The, whatever the survivors of the expedition fails, whatever happened. And the press eats them alive. And he's trying to explain himself. It's like, it wasn't my duty to go save them. Like, they went up there on their own. Yeah, they could have saved themselves. They went against And them. everyone just thought he was a total fucking prick for this. Yeah. Which I definitely do. Like, you can't help go help 
I guess they weren't really his homies anyway. So he was just like, well, fuck it. And he just left. And yeah. Like, no, he didn't send any help. Is what he didn't said. send any help. He uh, didn't go down to any help. He was the only one that was like complete comfortable. Like he was just he chilling was just in his tent. Dude, yeah, dude. just being a fucking dick. Damn. Um, and this this uh, incident occurred, like this incident stayed with him for the, for the rest of his life. Because he was like maybe 20 or something. Like, he didn't so he die. never lived it down. No, not in the press. Not in the eyes of the English press and stuff. Because it's all that time when you were a fucking dick. <laughs> Remember when you let all those dudes die on that mountain? Like, yes. Dude, asshole. Yeah, well, you keep bringing it up, so how can I forget? <laughs> okay, so this is the. This is the wizard's duel, that kind of the battle of life road. We're getting into it. We're getting into the brass tacks of it here. This is the reason why I wanted, because this story is pretty hilarious. So he joined the cult of the Order of the Dawn, right? It's like just a little the like, secret, yeah, this, the secret society of all these nerds. They just go in there and like they have their tea, they eat their little crumpets, they practice their little rituals. It was not to be serious. But Alistair Crowley was like this had it but was idealistic thinking like this is gonna be so cool i'm gonna learn all these mystic arts we're gonna actually be summoning real demons he had this whole different idea of what that whole uh secret society was and they were just old like middle-aged dudes like, like we're into like a cult shit but they weren't really serious like the way alex was probably was. And so here comes this brash young 20 year old kid joining the order of dawn wants to get all the secrets right away and wants to like kind of like expand so those fools are just thing. like a magic a gathering club. Like yeah, they're like imagine like it's like uh, we're gonna invite Alistair Crowley to our D and D session. Like, no, but he's gonna make it real. He's gonna try to make it real life. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're not. We don't want to make these Pokemon. Real. We're just play tending. Yeah, play tending. <laughs> All right, before we get into it, you have to know uh, the people that were in the cults, or not so much a cult, the secret society. Were actually some famous people. Bram Stoker, who wrote Dracula, was in it. Oh, what? Yeah, uh, W.B. Yeats, a famous poet from that time, was in it. Uh, a bunch of like kind of politicians were in it, and they wanted to keep it secret because people were not into uh, the cult shit. No, dude, nobody should ever be into cult shit. Yeah, I'm into cult shit. No, not don't be in it. I practice magic. Oh, all yeah, the, time. the Valstar. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, the Valstar, <laughs> chaos magic. He's more into sex magic. I'm into he's the into chaos. Horny magic. Yeah, he's into horny like magic. Butt. <laughs> butt magic. But this is before the butt. This is before he had he found out that the butt. That he like butt stuff. The butt stuff really kind of set his magic rituals to the next level. On switch. Okay, so famed poet W. B. Yeats had a lifelong interest in mysticism, spiritualism, the occult, and astrology. He read extensively on the subject throughout his life, uh, and his mystical interests also inspired by the study of Hinduism. Uh, formed much of the basis of his late poetry. During 1885, Yeats was involved in the formation of the Dublin, uh, the Dub, 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 the Dublin Hermetic Order. Um, Yeats attended his first seance the following year. He later became heavily involved in Theosophy with the and Hermeticism. Uh, There's like weird eclectic Rosicrucianism. These are all these just weird, like weird, weird words. cult words. Uh, and joined the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Dawn. <clears throat> he was admitted into the Dawn in <laughs> March 1890 and took the magical motto, Daemon es Deus, in verses translated as, Devil is God. Ooh. Ooh. So, or God is Devil. Devil is Demo God, is God is devil. devil. He was an active recruiter for the secrets, 
Isis Arania Temple and brought his in his uncle George Pollockson, Maud Gon, and Lawrence Farr. I guess these were high names back in the day. Although he reserved a distaste for abstract and dogmatic religions, he founded around personality cults. He was attracted to the type of people he met at the Golden Dawn. He was involved with uh, the Order's power struggles with Farr and McGregor Mathers. Mathers is going to be the guy that uh, brings in Aleister Crowley into the cult. Uh, Mathers sent Aleister Crowley to repossess Golden Dawn's paraphernalia during the Battle of Blythe Road. Uh, Yates' practice was a light nature, but Crowley's magic was a darker, more obsessive variety, and his success as the poet insignificant next to Yates. Yates saw Crowley as a boastful hack whose writing had no merit, whereas Crowley saw Yates as an overrated flash in the pan who wasn't able to recognize Crowley's talents. Okay, so this is another thing. Crowley wanted to be a poet, but his poetry sucked really bad, and W.B. Yates is one of the most famous poets of uh, his generation. Did he help him out? No, he hated he, he, he hated just like, Crowley. Damn, you suck. Man. Yeah. You should suck his balls. <clears throat> Crowley was jealous. He was never able to speak the language poet symbol with confidence of a native speaker in the way Yates did. Um, a loser, dude. This was building to be a genuine war between competing forms of practical magic. So, okay. Yates is part of this club. That's kind of the, the backstory of Yates. Crowley comes in all boisterous as fuck, wants to like, Oh man, we're, I'm gonna change up the whole game, son. And Yates is like, "No, you're not. You, you, your poetry sucks. Your attitude sucks. And your magic sucks. Fuck you." Shit, yeah. So then he got Crowley was a a pupil of another magician in the in the cult, Gregory Mathers, and he was trying to take over. So one day, they exed out Mathers, who was also started it, and they're because you guys are getting too wild. You guys are out of the out of the Golden Dawn. So then he's like, nah, we gotta, we gotta do something about this. So Mathers and Crowley concoct this plan to go take over the, um, the Don, the temple, which basically just basically a building, like where, like they have a, a room. This is our tree house. <laughs> yeah, it's basically a tree house. <laughs> they, they, so, uh, Alistair Crowley, head to toe in his magical garbs and all his ornaments, dressed to the nines, looking, looking like this looking guy, with his fun. magic wand, he goes to the temple, or like the, the clubhouse. I guess we'll start calling it the clubhouse. Okay. And he's like, I'm here to take over. And the security the secretary's like, do you have an appointment? He's like, no, I'm here to take over. So she's like, well, then fuck off. So she wouldn't let him through. So he goes back outside. He's like, she's not going to let us in. He's like, what do you mean? We don't have an appointment. Like, well, what do you mean? So anyway, we'll just post. So then Crowley calls up some other fools to come by. So he has his own little posse of wizards that are also still part of the Golden Dawn. There's two sections. There's like the, the Golden Dawn is now splintering at this point. So there's two sections of Crowley and his all his little cronies and Yates and all his cronies who are who aren't even at the temple. All it is is just the secretary. He's like these nerds won't leave. <laughs> yeah, not. so he's, they're kind of like he's trying to get involved people. So eventually, to the tree house. yeah. So eventually. <laughs> Yates finds out about all this shit. He calls all his friends, and they come by, and there's like two groups, Crowley and Yates. There's like maybe like five people oh, inside, shit, and they're all dressed up in their garbs, with like these little robes, fucking and they have like their fucking <laughs> wands and shit, and they're like shouting incantations at each other. Blah, 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 blah. I curse you to the downs of the depths of hell. I'm like, 
I reflect your curse. Your, your curse means nothing to me. Kamehameha. It's like a real, yeah. It's imagine like that battle of like Hogwarts and like Harry Potter. Yeah. But none of it's real. They're just basically like. Attractive strodum. Yeah, they're just basically <laughs> fucking around. So eventually, Crowley makes his way into the temple, up to their main room. He signs his name in the ledger. So the whole point of this was to get there's levels, and Crowley was stuck at level one, and he wanted to be stuck at he wanted to be at level two, but Yates wasn't wasn't approving his ascension. So he goes up there and he goes into the, the the lodgers. He signs his name in big fucking obnoxious letters, Alistair Crowley. And now he's ascended to level two. Super Saiyan two. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> we're successful, boys. Well, we did it, boys. <laughs> so then eventually, uh, they, they're all celebrating, but then Yates comes in with all his crew. They're still firing all their fucking like, weird kind incantations of at each other. Spells and shit. That's and like, no, nothing's happening. People so, are turning into goats and shit. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's dangerous, dude. That's reckless. Uh, okay, so uh, we're taking the... over the treehouse. Uh, Success. Both Crowley and Yates were gripped in their belief their occult skills could have real-world effects. Crowley wanted to ascend into the higher ranks of the Golden Dawn, be acknowledged as a powerful wizard, and take some of the organization's top-secret rituals, and prepared to use his magical ability to do so. Though he was also reportedly armed with daggers, so he came. They had, like dagger, like these weird ceremonial daggers with them as well. Oh, shit. So like all this battle, all this crazy shit's going on. Everyone like, everyone's like watching it. Like, what the fuck are these nerds doing? They're like middle-aged men with like Crowley, who's like probably the youngest guy in the group, like just shouting like incantations. It, it sounds like other. a South Park episode. Dude. It does. It sounds awesome. So then, um... <laughs> so, okay. Oh, this is the funniest part. So he he has keys to. Uh, the dawn. So he goes initially to open the door to go into the, the temple, and they simply just change the locks. <laughs> Get the master key. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. So this is that's what initially happened before he like got kicked out by the secretary, right? So like he realized that they changed the locks, and then he came in. That's I think I skipped to that part of the story. So anyway, eventually gets up to the stairs. Yates calls the landlord, and the landlord comes and gets everyone out of the building. And then, uh, I have summoned the lord of the land. So then, <laughs> so then they're still outside. They're all fucking arguing, yelling their spells. Then uh, Yates goes into the building, and then Crowley's all pissed off. He tries to come back in. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this is the funniest part. So he's walking up the stairs, and he's like, Yates is, at this point has had enough of Crowley's shit. And he just... He's walking up the stairs. Yates is at the top of the stairs. Crowley's walking up. He just fucking kicks him down the stairs. Boom! Power kick. <laughs> he gets power kick. And he tumbles down the stairs and his like, robes are flying everywhere. He drops his magic wand and everything. And then he just like fucking like, gets all bummed out and fucking leaves. <laughs> you weren't supposed to hit me, bro. You ran out of kicks back at level one. Uh, Yates described the duel with Crowley ending with Crowley being forcibly being escorted out of the building after being kicked down a flight of stairs when Crowley tried to re-enter the building. Uh, and then they had simply just changed the locks once he was out the door. So they kept, the basically, they kicked him down the stairs, he rolls out, and then they just changed the they locks. They changed the password to the treehouse. Yeah. yeah, they changed the password. <laughs> Your password doesn't work here anymore, bro. Uh, the ending was rather humorously anticlimactic, 
but the confrontation nonetheless earned the dramatic name of the Battle of Blythe Road. Uh, Gates was a member of the Golden Dawn for a total of 32 years, passing away in 1939. Crowley eventually founded the Lima, uh, we talked about. Uh, he died in uh, 1947 at age 72. Did he die in combat? No. Despite the best... <laughs> Despite the best efforts of both men, each appeared to have died of perfectly normal causes. The Battle of Blythe Road is when cosplay goes wrong. It's the Battle of the Ages. Yeah, that concludes our story. <laughs> Unresearched, yeah. mostly. Yeah. What do you think about that? Funny. That was pretty yeah. good, dude. That was, I was picturing South Park animations. And... Well, I can imagine like the Canadian South yeah. Park. Like, hey, buddy. Hey, guy. Get the fuck out of here, guys. Yeah, I'm gonna know what you mean, guy. I'm the best magician here, buddy. Go get stuff in the box, buddy. It just seems like it's just so weird that that actually happened in real life, that these guys believed awesome. in their magic. I wish I was there, dude. Imagine they believed in their magic so much that they, like... I mean, that shit still goes wrong, but it's like... Have you ever seen that movie, Dinner with Schmucks, with Steve Carell and Zach Galifianakis? Mm, no. Well, there's a scene where he's like... I know what it is, though. Like, Zach Galifianakis is like, I can get into your head. I can make oh, you yeah. slap yourself. Oh yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, you can. Oh, yeah, I'll know. Yeah. And then he yeah, does. Yeah. He just does it. Like, I have seen that. Yeah. And then he's like, I can block your magic powers. It's basically it was that scene. Yeah. But in real life, in the 1900s. That's right. All right. Well, that's our story of the Battle of Blythe Road. Wanna do it in my butt? Thirty minutes butt sex hour. Let's do it in the butt. Okay.